It's Thursday, August 27th, 2020, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, a show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 282. Who gave Faker rocket shoes? Runtime for this episode is 1 hour 3 minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, and we at Pumpkin Hill, we have to do a podcast about Sonic Adventure 2. My name is Jeremy. I am genius. I am great. I am brilliant. I am smart. I am wise. I am emperor. I am Tyler. I am sane. My (laughs) name is Zach. Well, have you built a robot army recently? I don't think I'm supposed to answer that question. I'm not sure it says anything about your sanity either way. I'm just saying. I mean, technically, it's a fleet. (laughs) Wait, I'm not. And also, they're cyborgs, I guess. I don't know. What's the opposite of a cyborg? What if there's a robot and you put some person in it? Still a cyborg, I think. No, I think think it's called something different. Uh, Is that a Borg side? I was going to say it's a Grobic, which is just cyborg backwards, so... We played Sonic Adventure 2. I don't think it has any cyborgs. Eh, Shadow is probably partially cyborg. It's got I a whole like, bunch of robots. I feel like Eggman is probably partially cybernetic, right? No, Eggman's definitely a cyborg. Dude wears glasses. Yeah, like, I assume he has, like, cyborg-enhanced vision. Also, yeah, Sh- Shadow has those rocket shoes, which yeah. I think are his feet. Are his feet just the shoes? I think you can take the shoes off. Yeah. Uh, this game is very important to me. It was the first time you ever saw Super Saiyan. It was not. I saw Dragon Ball Z well before this. What year did this come out? It came out in 2001, I want to say. Okay. I didn't play it until it came out on the GameCube, which was... Oh, people didn't play it before it came out on the GameCube because nobody owned a Dreamcast. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a Dreamcast game. Yeah, no, I was trying to think, like, when it was available vis-a-vis Dragon Ball airing in the U.S., well, you know, Sega do what Nintendo don't, like go bankrupt in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would have been after Dragon Ball. It was well after I saw Goku scream so loud his hair turned yellow. I still try to do that to this day. Uh, I'm more of a Kaioken guy. That's fair. Is that why your hair keeps changing colors, Tyler? Yep, it's a bunch of failed experiments ago. Super Saiyan. So far, I've gone super a ton of other races, but not that. So what have you been playing, Super Zack? What are uh, you legendary playing right Super now Zach? as we speak <laughs> when you should be podcasting? I can do both. I'm totally not focused on anything else. I'm listening. That's a lot of bullets. <laughs> well, that's because I've got two dist- or two light I cruisers like and a destroyer. heads just sticking out of the water. <laughs> no, well, they're surfing on brave. top of it. What they're alluding to is I'm still playing Azur Lane uh, and Fate Go because like Fate Go still got their summer event for another couple days. I needed to do a lot of farming. I think I need 250,000 more inspiration to unlock all of the available rewards that you get for that, which won't be too difficult, really. It's just a matter of the time. Time. Grind. Well, usually it would be like, stamina is going to be the major factor, but I have so many golden apples that I'm just going to basically immediately recover all of my stamina as soon as I want to. So I'm still playing a lot of those games. Azure Lane just released the new event for their thing, which includes... Ship Waifu uh, B. Bismarck. Yeah, hey, I got it. <laughs> um, and that's one of the ships that I actually, like, is on the, on the wish list of want to collect this. I got all of the ships except for the Cleveland that I really wanted. So I ended up with Hornet, Enterprise, you know, all the ship, all those. Do you get to choose which ones you get or are they pulls? They're pulls, basically. Okay. There was a thing where you could pick, like, two 
ships from a particular, like the light ships, uh, heavy ships or special, which is like the carriers and and, just, and uh, subs and whatnot. And you could pick like the ones that were featured on that. So when I did that, I picked Zuikaku and uh, Enterprise and pulled Enterprise, which I really wanted her. So that worked out just fine. I was playing a lot of uh, Hacker's Memory. I'm on like chapter... 14 which is the last one i want to say no there's like i think there's 17 chapters is there okay but the world's already gone all crazy the world's gone all crazy um i just was i just like turned your boss back from being evil oh yeah yeah and now you need to download his sister into the cloud and i need need (laughs) this sounds like some digimon nonsense need to defeat all of the uh like not quite digimons yeah, yeah, the the eaters, that's what they're called. Oh, I was going to say the Digimos. Um, <laughs> so, I like, like Digimos more than I should. That That's one thing that I am working on doing, and I started playing Ogre Battle again because, like, I want to play Ogre Battle again because it's been so long. Do you so think long. they're ever going to make another Ogre no. Battle or some, like, something similar? No, because that guy got promoted to being in charge of Final Fantasy, and then he failed to make a Final Fantasy and had a nervous breakdown. That's fair. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why Final Fantasy XII took so long. Is they were like, everyone who does Final Fantasy left, but we have Ogre Battle Guy, we'll be fine. That explains a lot about Final Fantasy XII's combat system, yeah. honestly. I wouldn't mind seeing another one, but they won't do one, I think, in part because that kind of like combat system and that kind of management isn't really what a lot of people want. So they're probably not going to put that kind of thing out. I'm wondering if anyone like would ever make an indie game that is very clearly inspired by it. I think Fire Emblem is too influential, and anyone who started doing that would take more from Fire Emblem, and it would feel like a Fire Emblem-inspired game and not an Ogre Battle-inspired game. That's fair. Yeah, I think it would be more on the level of like the small tactics that you get out of Fire Emblem than the theoretical army tactics you get out of Ogre Battle. Well, I mean, it's the same thing that happened to D&D, right? Kind of. Well, there was before D&D when people were managing squadrons and people were like, but what if I just want this one guy in my squadron? Oh, that's and then, and then that's right. how D&D happened. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably see something along that line because one of the things that Fire Emblem does have is the characters and each character has their own personality and interactions and whatnot, which is really cool. Whereas in Ogre Battle, you had the very few main characters that actually had story import and whatnot. Yeah, but Zach, they're not waifus, so I can't sell action figures of them to a bunch of horny otaku. So why would I make that game <laughs> when I can make Fire Emblem and be like, ooh, look, Sothish, she's not a lolly, she's an ancient goddess. Buy your statues guilt-free. Canonically, this character is totally... I think every Fire Emblem has a character... Not everyone, but most of them have a character that, canonically, they're actually quite old. The original, the, the first English one does not have one. Yeah, I was, it just has a regular lolly in the form of Nino. Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually <laughs> I was thinking. Say, is, is Nino supposed to be no, that she's, at all? No, she's just like, she's literally like 12. Yeah, she's just like a kid. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have sex with her, therefore. <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to say Ogre Battle wouldn't work I'm because just, of that. Yeah, but. no, I, but I think there's a real marketing reason why you go for something else. Like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing them make another game like Ogre Battle, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. I mean, we have the power, just not the time. <laughs> or, or, like, really the skill set, I don't think? Um, I've got, like, we, 70% of the skill set by myself. Art so. team is so important. <laughs> yes, And we is. don't have that. And, and we don't have that. Team, so. And I could maybe write a plot. Look, I'm not saying it would be good. I'm <laughs> saying it would be extant. <laughs> We've all run D&D games. We could do it if we wanted to. When it comes to writing a plot. Yeah, but the trick is in D&D, sometimes someone rolls a one, and that's an excuse for the DM to do whatever they want. Whereas when you do that in a written story, it's the writer 
with the story and just doing whatever he wants. <laughs> I actually started playing MechWarrior online just for fun again. I know, as opposed is... to for for the walls. Well, for, well um, before people were holding his family hostage, and if he didn't get enough mech kills, he wouldn't. They would have been killed. Well, I mean, instead of like just on Sundays with the tall guys, I was playing it on my own. Oh, okay. I've actually spent almost all of the time up this week basically just playing the trial mechs, not playing the mechs that I have actually earned and whatnot, in part because they had a bunch of challenges for like getting wins and kills in those. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. You got time to kill, why not, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been kind of fun. I've been kind of lazy, but that's also pretty normal. Yeah, I've, I've just played a lot of Fate Go and a lot of Hacker's Memory and Ogre Battle. Like, it's been one of those weeks where I'm just like, you know, I kind of don't feel like doing anything. I'm still playing uh, WoW with Kevin and Jeremy. It's true. We're pretty close to the to level 60 with our current characters, and we're planning on basically breaking out the nuke squad for a second, like, set of leveling characters. A nuke squad? Well, I mean, if we were going to do a nuke squad, we just play three mages, go arcane, fire, and frost. Well, uh, no, we would all just go Frost Mage and then just chain uh, Frost Novas and Blizzard things to death. That's the nuke squad. Well, it's just because we're all planning on playing like damaging characters. Like Kevin's thinking of playing a rogue. I'm thinking of playing a mage, and Jeremy's thinking of playing a warrior. So who needs support? No one. What have you been playing support? Did I talk about Horizon the last time we recorded? Zerodon? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, that <laughs> I should play that. I own that. It's very good. I know. It suffered from came out at the same time as Breath of the Wild-itis. Yep, that's fair. Um, also, I didn't own the system it came out on. Now it's on PC. I had not been... Pay- like, it was on my radar. I'm like, I bet they'll do a PC release of that eventually. And then one of my coworkers randomly was like, hey, by the way, this came out on PC. I'm like, thanks, random coworker. We talked about this on Jumpstart Weekly, but Sega announced because they made a million billion dollars on Persona 4 Golden that they're going to start prioritizing PC releases for their games. Wow. Uh, I guess it makes some sense. <laughs> yes. I actually have a copy of a Assassin's Creed, the newest uh, Valhalla, I think is what it's called. Oh, because that I got with my card? processor. I mean, you're not a huge Assassin's Creed fan, right? Also, that game uh, isn't actually out, right? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But um, I have a download code for it, and I plan on playing it eventually. Like, the problem is I like Assassin's Creed games, but I also don't like giving them money for Assassin's Creed because I want them to do something different. I mean, th- they kind of had to, right? They did for Assassin's Creed Greaseland, right? Yeah, that is fair, which was my favorite Assassin's Creed so far. But so. I bet Norway ends up being a lot like Greece. Yep. <laughs> Except Norse. <laughs> Look at how Norse all this Greece area is. Well, you just select all grass, replace with ice, right? <laughs> select yeah, giant that... statue, replace with giant statue of Odin instead of Zeus. Yeah. That's totally existed. No, you just take the statue of Zeus, change his clothes, and give him an eye patch. <laughs> this is my totally legit brother, Zeus. <laughs> so, I don't know. Horizon Zero Dawn is a fantastic game. It's like... Nothing breathtaking in terms of gameplay, but, like, the setting and the general feel of it. Like, while I'm playing it, I keep feeling like I'm playing a spaghetti western, and I think that's mostly the musical scenes that it gives. Other than that, it's the standard open world, like, dick around, find a bunch of stuff, get distracted on the way to your main quest, and kill a bunch of enemies. Stealth in the special stealth grass. Yeah, stealth in the special stealth grass. It matches your hair conveniently. (laughs) I did remember reading, or not reading, um, seeing something on how they did the... Like, the open world aspect and how the how it works with, like, the loading. So, like, nothing you're not looking at is actually loaded. And it loads based That's on when That's how most you're... games work, though. I think at the time it was one of the newer ones that was actually using something like that. So, it was, like, loading the, si- the things that you would be potentially looking at. So, it would be seamless when you 
like turn to look at something. So it would be loading as it was doing everything else at the same time. What keeps me away from those games is I feel like they take too much from Assassin's Creed. Like I don't want to climb a bunch of towers and go find a bunch of random knickknacks and some different knickknacks. And you don't really in this game. Like okay. there aren't a ton of collectibles. Uh, mostly there are just a lot of side quests. Aloy is a really well written character, though. A lot of the time in games like this, like they suffer from lack of character, and like there are very few dialogue options that actually affect the outcome at all in this game, as far as I can tell. And there are very few dialogue options. Period. So like Aloy is just a character, and you are just like playing a game where she is the character so i like it a lot also robot dinosaurs very good idea so i'm into that <laughs> it's definitely an interesting idea when i first saw it yeah i like the setting a lot it's really good um, i remember when it came out i didn't actually have a ps4 so yeah and that, that was my problem. attention to it also it begins you with like an hour and a half of like plot hook and like inundating you in the culture of this people that she's raised with before it like throws you out into the world so that's also pretty good. The opening plot hook was good enough that Alex and I were just like, it's like one in the morning. I guess we should probably go to bed, but I want to find out what happens. So would highly recommend. After that, it gets like ge- kind of generically open worldy. But have you beaten it yet? No, I've been avoiding the main quest as much as humanly possible. So I'm close ish. It depends on how much more I dick around with side quests. But I've also not yet reached like open world saturation fatigue with this game. I'm almost also, though, I think max level-ish. You have a skill tree like they have been doing in games like this recently, where you just don't start with all your powers like you you should. You do not start with a stealth attack, for example. I'm always torn on that. Like, I get why people feel they have to include one of those trees. I don't feel you need it in every single game, and especially for something as simple as a stealth attack. Yeah, I didn't say this, but really what ruined those games for me is Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Which is like so perfect in the way you explore and it doesn't ask you to do any of that stuff and it doesn't have a skill tree. You can just do everything from the start. I mean, it does, I guess, sort of have on t- you have to go through Tutorial Island to get all your abilities, but that's literally a tutorial, not a skill tree where you have to unlock all your stuff. Yeah. And like very few of the things in this, I feel are like other than stealth attack, all the others are just like extra stuff that you really don't need to play the game at all. And that's what I was going to say is actually what I usually find with those skill trees is they don't actually add anything. You just have a bunch of different moves that are different ways to kill things that you already had. Like even the Arkham games, which I really like, especially the later ones kind of fall into that. Yeah. And this more has things like when you attack things with melee attacks, the bits fall off of them more readily, which is useful if you're like harvesting equipment. For various things, but like I am so loaded down with so much equipment that I'm just never going to use in the game. I don't even care. So like I never spiked into that tree. Well, one of Um, my problems with some of those open world games is that you eventually reach a point where the spectacle doesn't matter anymore because you're too strong. The combat is always challenging in this. So especially like they throw different combinations of machines at you. Like the human combat is boring and I hate it and I hate all the things where it's trying to be Arkham Asylum. It's bad. (laughs) Um, I don't like those. They're not great because the humans aren't interesting to fight in any way. They just die to a couple arrows in the chest like they're squishy humans. Hot take. Humans in video games have never been good enemies. Never. (laughs) Never. Never. I'd like to come up with a counterexample, but I don't want to devote the thought to it. So I'll agree with you for now. The machines are so widely varied and have so many different things and they all have different weak points and you can like prioritize different ones depending like if you have problems dealing with a certain type of attack you can take out the thing that allows them to do that attack burst or if you'd prefer to just do massive damage to a bunch of enemies in an area you can attack like a flame canister they have on their back and do that instead it's a smaller target but it does more damage and more i don't know there's a lot like a lot more 
in the heat of battle tactics you can do with the machines, and all the combats have been fairly interesting thus far. Uh, ironically, I did think of a counterexample, and it is Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, where they managed <laughs> to make guy with shield and guy with gun, and to a much lesser degree, guy with taser, different sorts of enemies. Also, to, big guy. <laughs> you have to deal with in different ways. Yeah, big guy's maybe the worst of those, right? Yeah, but there's, it's still got a tactic, right? Okay, yeah. It breaks up the flow. Like, you deal with all of them differently. And anyway. 8A. <laughs> are, are there good enemies? Okay, I guess like dozers and... Yeah, they're basically left for dead zombies only there. Dude, okay. Yeah. You, if somebody has played a lot of Payday 2, you play the cloaker noise, you will trigger them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I will take it back. It has been done well a couple of times. Mostly, it's bad, though. I still hear that noise in my nightmares. <laughs> Um, I skipped Animal Crossing for one day and therefore fell two weeks behind. And I finally, yep. I finally got caught back up recently. So that happened. Isn't that how that generally works? You're like, okay, I can, I can avoid doing this for one day, and then you come back and everything's on fire. It's not even on fire. They uh, change how like random visitors your island works so that you get one every day, and there are some that you really can't afford to skip if you want to do the things. So I th- like that's really the only reason I wanted to catch up on it. So I did. I also played some more Wizard of Legend. It's still an amusing game. I highly recommend it. That that's pretty much it. I also recommend uh, Sufficiently Advanced Magic, which was the first book in a series that I really like. It's like, what of Isekai, except it wasn't an Isekai. It's, it's just got, like, a really detailed magic system, but it's got, like, it almost feels like a homebrew D&D setting. So, it's uh, part of Arcane Ascension. It's written by Andrew Rowe. I don't know. I really like it. Anyway, what have you been up to, Jeremy? I finished my Garen's Greed Red. The Federation toppled those damn Zeons. Were you Federation? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the one amusing thing is I did not have the white base kill Lala, and therefore they could not intercept Char this run. When I was evading the Zeon home world, I did a... Uh, diversion tactic where i sent a small fleet to one area and literally the only person they sent to stop it was char and i was like well worth it i guess <laughs> so i didn't have to fight char was the white base part of your diversionary no. force no because that's the canon there's you know five turns of being like we think the white base should be just a diversionary force and we should go send it to random places where it'll fight some dudes while we do a real war and i was like nah Okay, for a little while, so they can kill, like, Costco and some people. But when it's time to kill Lala, they need to come back and be part of the main force. So she can live, and I can regret it later, when Shara is like, I recruited a bunch of new types, and Lala will be on his side. And I'll be like, I feel like these events would not happen if Lala had not died. But I guess you are not that advanced. Oh, so if you don't <laughs> kill Lala... She always dies with Shara after that. Huh. Well, that's because she realized that Shara wasn't trying to be annoying in the... Oh, and so after that, I told this story on Jumpstart Weekly, but I got kind of really into One Piece, but didn't want to rewatch any One Piece uh, because I've already spent enough years of my life <laughs> watching the One Piece anime. So I decided to play some uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors 3, the second most recent One Piece Warriors game. I assume that implies that there is now a four? Yeah. Okay. It came out earlier this year. Is that any good? It is one Dynasty Warriors game. Would you like one unit of Dynasty Warriors game? Here's one unit of Dynasty Warriors okay, game. Okay, so the exact- answer is kind of. It's exactly what you expect from any Dynasty Warriors game. Just so. with a One Piece skin on it. Which I think works better for it than the Three Kingdoms skin when you get to all the weird like sweeping attacks. Like it makes sense for Woofy to inflate his arm and swing it around at a bunch of dudes in a way it doesn't necessarily make sense for Guan Yu's son to jump his two swords together and start flying through a bunch of enemies. <laughs> that's very kung fu movie though. So like it, it is. It's, it's not completely out of nowhere. The earlier Dynasty Warriors games were a bit more grounded well, than that. But they kept adding characters, which means they had to keep finding new ways to 
have the clear out things. giant armies. Yeah. The one weird thing about it is that the touchpad is the pause menu and not the options button. So all the time I accidentally hit the options button when I want to pause and then get smacked. The option button instead adjusts your hat. <laughs> so Luffy can take off yes. and put on his hat. <laughs> or like Zoro does his bandana. Uh, is Nami a playable character? Yes, I okay. don't know what she does, though. I was going to say because I just not, unlocked her. She's not really a combat person. Oh, so. uh, with the climate attack. Later on. She okay. Becomes that is a little the, bit uh, more. Dumbest control. Uh, the, the best is, I can never remember her name, but Smoker's Captain, the girl that looks like Zoro's dead friend. Yeah. Hers yeah. adjusts her glasses, and if you take them off, all the enemies that are not in melee range become fuzzy. <laughs> Because she can't see without her glasses. That's so. actually a neat, <laughs> yes, like <laughs> it's really dumb. Nod um, to detail, like it's entirely unnecessary. Yes. But that's a cool nod to detail, and, and it is cool every time I adjust my hat. But I also only do it when I go to pause and remember that button doesn't pause. It makes Luffy put on his hat. Honestly, I would. Uh, if you're programming that, you'd think you'd use the touchpad to yes, do that I, instead I agree. of the options button because the options button is pause and almost literally everything else. Yeah, by convention you should do that. Well, because uh, the options button is literally start. Yep. Like, that's just it's it's what used to be start. So, I was not going to mention this because it's not directly related to video games or anything, but a friend from work and I are signing a One Piece death pact together. Oh, uh, go on. Th- that's basically, I'm going to try to catch up in the manga and he's starting about the same place I'm starting. So, see, I've been like having weird fantasies of doing like a One Piece manga podcast. I don't want to do it right now because I kind of want to wait. Specifically about One Piece. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to wait till One Piece is done. A lot of this is spurred on by the fact that Shonen Jump just announced One Piece is about to enter its final arc. So, I've been having those sorts of thoughts. Like a, a story arc by story arc, like once a month was what I was thinking. It's very like That's early fair. idea right now. And also, I currently don't have a job, which is a lot of why. I- I that think, helps. Yeah, I could read a story arc of One Piece in a month. Or I've been reading a bunch of One Piece. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, but, I'd like I even think you would. It'd be interesting to have Zach on, even as someone who does not really like One Piece. Well, but I think the, would like a lot of maybe the later stuff. Well, that's or the thing is ideas in there. If I, I ever sat down and actually like read One Piece, would I continue not really liking One Piece? I, I think that's an interesting experiment. I think, although I do think if you're doing it story arc by story arc, I don't think it would grab you for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, like, I, I'm looking at it from the outside yeah. and from a lot of the things I've already seen and known about. It's like, One Piece is honestly too ridiculous for me. Yeah, yeah I think and a that's lot of why it is, I love like, it. suspension <laughs> of disbelief stuff. Like, you can't get over the fact that Zoro wields a sword in his mouth, it's which great. is not a thing I think about ever. Like, when me <laughs> and Kevin reread the first one, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a reveal. That all those swords are Zoros, and he fights with three swords because it's ridiculous. Whereas, like, that's not even a thing I think about it's, when I think about One Piece. It's so dumb. I love it. Um, so, how far are you in One Piece? Since not a whole lot further. Um, I so I picked up right after they recruited Chopper because okay. that's where I left off in the anime. So okay. I'm not like a whole lot further than that. But they're in Alabasta, I presume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're currently doing the Alabasta stuff. Didn't they move that arc in the original anime run of it? Like, didn't that one come before when it normally aired? Or? The four kids dub skipped one of the arcs. It skipped Little Garden. Okay, so they st- I-, I knew some there was some funky thing with the arcs. I thought they, mo- they moved or transposed a couple of them. And that, that wasn't the version of the anime I was watching anyway, yeah. so... 
Yeah, because that was when people were joking about how Odai hated the Four Kids dub because he just kept making references to it. It was like anytime Four Kids skipped something, it became super important in the manga all of a sudden. <laughs> That's pretty um, funny. Yeah, no, the version I watched, Sanji was allowed to smoke. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. That just from, for whatever reason you mentioning, that reminded me that the fairy tale game came out. Which I heard is very bad. I have not played it. That so doesn't surprise like me. The, the review of it I saw was basically not that it was very bad, but it was the mediocre anime game, you know, licensed game that people expected. kind of expect. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of what I expected. I may buy it when it goes on discount. I'm not paying 60 bucks for that. Did, did either of you ever watch Fairy Tale? Because I tried and I just could not. Zach owns seven collections of that. That's fair. Um, I read the first chapter of the manga and was like, boy, is this drawn by someone who was Richie Odai's assistant. <laughs> I actually really like Fairy Tale. It's very, very popular. I just don't get it. And I'm so fair, I've only read one volume of manga, which is like barely any of the story. Yeah, so yeah, I watched like the first three episodes of the anime and I just couldn't I, get into in, it. Through the, yeah, because that doesn't introduce really gray or urza if yeah. i remember yeah right. Ur- urza does not show up i was expecting her because those are like the other two main like top tier main characters yeah it's, the it's main, main character guy and lucy yeah, the main four are natsu lucy gray and urza and i guess happy is technically it and i know i've said this before on the mics but ironically i'm a guy who really likes rave master and don't care at all about fairy tale man i forgot about rave master yeah, i liked guy. that show so. I know there was a crossover, like, I think a crossover manga he did between the two at one point. Yeah, of course there would be. But, yeah, I just saw that that came out and was like, oh, so it's apparently mediocre at best. All right, I kind of expected Surprising that. Surprising no one. Well, I mean, a lot of those anime games, especially if they're attached to, like, actual arcs are generally pretty mediocre. All right, uh, the only other thing I've been playing, though, is The Assignment, which I played a lot of, which is Sonic Adventure 2. I mean, you played the whole of, right? I mean, it's ar- for arguments about what the whole love is, I played every story mission. Did I- you even play the uh, the third one that unlocks once you beat yeah. the first two? Yes, I played the final arc, which is two levels. I guess three levels. It's a level and two boss fights, really. But yes, I used the seven Dragon Balls to turn into a Super Saiyan and fight a giant space lizard. Sonic Adventure 2 is, of course, the follow-up to uh, Sega's Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. Most people played it when it was released later on the GameCube, because no one had a Dreamcast. And wasn't Wait. it released under the title Sonic Adventure 2 Battle? Yeah, colon the battle. GameCube. Yeah. I always thought Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was a separate disc that was specifically just the the battle portion. Nope. Am I wrong about yes. that? Okay. I have a copy in the basement. I, for some reason, decided to give Sega money and just buy it on Steam because it was easier than hooking up my GameCube. <laughs> I mean, I did the same thing. I think my brother has my ga- has our, has the, I guess, it, it was our GameCube. Actually, I can't. Does he just have the controllers or does he have the cube? I, I don't <laughs> I can just imagine you meeting one day in a CD alley combining your powers. <laughs> no, I just, I can't remember because like he got a, I think it was a Switch and wanted the controllers for, I think, Smash Brothers. For probably Smash, yeah. So um, I don't I, we under- sent him those. I don't remember if I sent him the, the GameCube as a well. A brief segue, because actually I do really like Sonic Adventure 2, even though I did not enjoy this playthrough of it. Why are people so on up about using GameCube controllers for Smash? Because uh, it's their muscle memory. It's an entirely different game than Melee. I don't it understand. Is. Well, and there are plenty of people who don't care. Okay. But there are also plenty of people who do. I think it was, like, I didn't ask him really why he wanted them. I think it might have been a part, you know, one part extra controllers in general to one part I already have controllers for this. And presumably he has a GameCube around somewhere because it is a good bludgeoning weapon. So Yeah, but I don't remember if that's at my house. 
So it's a great refinement of Sonic Adventure if you've ever played that. <laughs> I don't. I know you probably don't believe me if you play this game, but it is. <laughs> uh, the big gimmick they wanted to go for is now you can play as the villains <gasps> in addition to the heroes. And they have their own story, sort of. It's in parallel with the I like how it's hero they and the same. dark. Yeah, because, you know, no one thinks they're the villain. They're just, they like dark colors. <laughs> That's fair. So yeah, they're, you're not the villain of everybody else. You're the hero of your own story. Is Robotnik the hero of his own story? Oh, absolutely. Story? Is he? Yeah, especially <laughs> in this game. This game, most of all, he's the hero of his own story. So the story of this game, if you will indulge me for a minute, is that Eggman has found out his grandfather, Gerald. So me and Eggman have that in common. Both our grandfathers are named Gerald. Was your grandfather's last name also Robotnik? No, it was, <laughs> it was in fact the same as mine. He went by Bane, which was his middle name among his friends, and Jerry in the business world, but Jerry with a G, because Jerry with a J is a girl's name. What? <laughs> and now you know more about my grandpa than you needed But to. only if it's Jerry with a J yep. and also an I. If it's Jerry <laughs> with a Y, that's a guy's name. Look, I, I also, I had this argument with my dad when he told me the story. I'm like, but... The mouse is definitely male. And Dad's like, no, that's a girl mouse. I'm like, canonically, okay. no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wasn't willing to have this argument. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, Eggman's like, ah, oh, he had a, did a secret military project. I should break into the military and see what he did. So he does, and he releases SK Telecom Faker, who his grandfather gave rocket shoes, making the ultimate life form. <laughs> <laughs> but the government feared it and sealed it away. So he's like, ah, oh, bring me the seven Dragon Balls, and I will show you something cool, old man. <laughs> so SK Telecom Faker breaks into a bank and robs it. Somehow, the American police mistake this for Sonic, so they send the most American branch of the military, Gun, gun. after him. <laughs> Forgot they're actually called yeah, Gun. Yeah, in, in City Escape, the first level, the truck chasing you just has Gun written on the front of the truck. <laughs> He fights uh, Spider Troop Bigfoot and defeats it, but is still captured when SK Telecom Faker shows up and is like, how could anyone mistake me for you, a blue hedgehog? <laughs> when clearly I am the ultimate life form, yes. a black hedgehog. Also, with the power of a Dragon Ball, I can teleport. One of the many things an ultimate life form can do. <laughs> Meanwhile, Robotnik shows up at Knuckles' house and watches a bat trying to steal the Master Emerald. It's like, well, I might as well take this while I'm here. <laughs> so Knuckles decides to break it so he can put it back together, rather than have Eggman steal it. Seems reasonable. I mean, he's got the power in his shoes to sense him. Apparently. like that's Shoes are very important in the Sonic universe. You get yeah. light speed shoes. Well, obviously they have to be very important, because they're the only clothing Sonic wears. You've got Knuckles' weird Lego shoes. I still have that Knuckles hoodie somewhere. Anyway, anyway, uh, up on a space colony that Eggman's grandpa was working at that you think he would have checked out before, because <laughs> apparently it's been abandoned for 50 years. It turns out Eggman's grandfather put a Death Star laser back in, but it's been uh, depowered. Shaped like his face when so, it fires. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so they need the seven Dragon Balls to power it. Then uh, Ruth the Bat shows up, and she's like, I can help you get Dragon Balls. I'm a treasure hunter. Like, I don't know. Are you evil enough? And she's like, well, I am a government, I mean, a government employee. <laughs> like, yep, sounds evil enough to me. <laughs> so they go blow up the military base where Sonic has been captured, but luckily Tails and Amy save him. Uh, then they go to Eggman's pyramid base, where they steal a space shuttle to chase him into space. I forgot how colossally Dumb the story this is not this halfway is. to most of the Archie comics, so... No, no. So they get to space, Tails makes a fake Dragon Ball, uh, Eggman tricks him into revealing this, and I've seen I remember very clever, because it was the first time I saw the hawk, because you told me it was fake trope. Sonic uses the fake Dragon Ball to teleport. 
SK Telecom Faker is like, ah, you have some skills. I respect you as a rival because I am Vegeta. (laughs) (laughs) With guns. And they fight in space. Not yet. He doesn't have guns. Unfortunately, Eggman's grandpa was crazy because his granddaughter got killed by military soldiers. And so he programmed it so if all the Dragon Balls were on the space colony, it would fall to Earth. And Eggman doesn't like that for some reason. Well, he wants to rule Earth, not destroy it. I, I really could have used a line like that. So they all team up to stop it. There's a giant lizard It turned, that's the prototype for Shadow. Because that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's how that works. Well, when you know Shadow's ancestry, it actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> Except for that, the the alien DNA that they put into Shadow, they did not have for the lizard. That's why they're able to make Shadow so much smaller and compact, whereas the lizard <laughs> has to be a giant lizard with a life support system. Okay, never mind. I take uh, back my previous statement. <laughs> this story is so stupid. So Sonic and Faker used the Dragon Balls to transform into Super Saiyans to destroy the lizard and teleport the base station back into orbit. But SK Telecom Faker falls to Earth, probably dying. But it's fine. He's immortal and can survive re-entry. You don't know that, though, until the next game. Uh, it's great. Sonic Adventure 2. Uh. <laughs> the best thing about it might be that this is like the first time I encountered the Japanese idea of an image song. Because they gave all the characters image songs, but they did all the music in America. So they all have English lyrics. I'm sorry, image yeah. song? Yeah, a song that you that is based on the character. And it's like their theme song, but as lyrics. Um, does Knuckles get a different one yes. every time? No, he's <laughs> his levels all have raps. He also yeah. has his own. Oh. Huh. H- hello, my name's Knuckles. Unlike Sonic, I don't chuckle. Fair. <laughs> Except for that, that's all he does in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Ugh. Is chuckle at Sonic's misfortune. They all play whenever the characters are doing anything, which I love. Sh- Sonic gets this like 90s butt rock shadow gets this very edgy 2000s alternative rock eggman's is this credo about how he's the best amy's is this weird pop song i really don't like hers knuckles all his songs are raps because he's cool uh what does tails get it's a song like i can't describe it <laughs> i was gonna say like a nursery it, it's like about flying or... <laughs> high and being cool uh rouge also has a pop song so, as you might guess, this is a game that has three different gameplay types, depending on which character you're playing. <laughs> as was sh- clear from that description that yeah. we just gave. Sonic this does is... Sonic things. He runs fast. Well, Sonic and Shadow both do the go through the level basically well, as fast as possible. Shadow doesn't run fast, though. He rollerblades on rocket skates fast. <laughs> yes, and a huge argument in the Sonic fandom is how fast Shadow is without his rocket shoes. Like, whether they are just enhancements for him, or... Or if they're just like, allow him to be lazy and not actually have to run. Yeah. Okay, whatever. So Sonic and Shadow play similarly to Sonic and Sonic Adventure 1, which we did not cover. But it's a platformer stage. They're pretty linear. There is a decent amount of exploration in them, actually. But for the most part, they are linear and they encourage you to go fast. This is probably the Sonic game that does the most to actually encourage you to go fast. Yeah, it actually, like is fun to go fast in these as opposed to most Sonic games, and you can go fast I did if you notice want. in a couple of stages that it was a little bit more difficult to just stay on the track, like on the woodland stage when playing as Sonic. Uh, I don't know if it was like the difference in the controller, but I noticed a couple of times I would like, shoot I noticed off I had controller side. issues specifically because like it doesn't like it, it doesn't register that register the analog stick on the Steam version properly. It's on or off. There is no gradient. So if you press it a little bit, you go full speed. If you press it not, you stop. There is no in between. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it makes it kind of hard to control because the controls feel jumpy by comparison. But that's a problem with the port, not the actual game. I think. Yeah, the port is mostly good. Yeah, but... it's mostly fine. There are issues like that, especially uh, there's a lot of grinding because of cool skateboards 
2000 stuff in this game. And there's a thing where you can change grind rails by hitting over on the control stick and jump. And I noticed there was lots of... Uh, I, I have plenty of muscle memory from playing this on the GameCube. There are lots of times where I did that right. But the Steam port decided instead I should jump off to my death the opposite <laughs> direction very slowly and burn up in orbit. Uh, what? Let's see here. The, there's the Knuckles Rouge levels. Which are... A, again, a, they are based on the Knuckles levels from Sonic Adventure. They're kind of like Mario 64 treasure hunts, except for that you need to find three things, they're usually just, pieces of a Master Emerald. They're just a straight up scavenger hunt with, like, it does give you hints. The hints are so useless, though. I actually used them a couple of times. The, the to hints, find, yeah, oh, sorry. To, to find where they are. If you get them all, they actually will pretty much tell you where to go. It really depends, because the hints are somewhat randomized. Uh, the way these levels work is there are, like, I think, like, ten locations that the three things can be, and it randomly picks them oh, at the start. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense then. And then the, there are, like, I think five or six hints per thing, but you can only see three of them. A lot of the problem with the hints is they navigate based on the internal developer names for places. So sometimes it's like, it's in the statue room. And you're like, where the hell is the statue room? This room has statues, and this room has statues. My favorite of these is the final rouge one, in which the hints are reversed. Which means they're just written like bizarro, which means that they are very inconsistent. Sometimes, literally, the words are written backwards. Sometimes, the hints are the opposite. Like, a blue enemy on the green tower doesn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's confusing. Yeah. These are okay. I do like getting good at them involves just knowing all the locations and doing it as quickly as possible. And I do like that. Um, the camera in this game is frequently bad. And That's really the maybe the worst here because you need to actually look around. There were some times when on Sonic levels where I would jump and the camera was like, you know where I should be looking away from Sonic. And I'd be like, please, any other angle. There was one and I actually I pause on the screen so that I could show Alex as I died because I couldn't see what I was doing. Um, I think it was a Sonic level. I think it was actually the Woodlands level. I fell off of something because I couldn't see because the camera decided to go on the other side of one of the trunks you're running down. So all I saw was wood texture. And, and the thing I noticed, especially in the Rouge and Sonic levels, is sometimes the camera will be like, let's try spinning. That's a neat trick. And I'm like, please stop. <laughs> I didn't notice like, call to back, that by level, the way. <laughs> but it's just... Yeah, sometimes the camera was a little off. Pumpkin Hill was especially bad for me because you can't tilt it down. I so. had problems with Pumpkin Hill because of the fact that there's so much up and down and there's so much empty space there. Yeah, well, and I can't, like, get a good lay of the land because you can't angle the camera that direction, so. Yeah. Last but not least, there are the Tails Robotnik levels, because in this game, Tails has built a giant mecha walker to run Which is also an missiles. airplane, don't forget that. Oh, I don't. <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> it is actually the upgrade from his airplane from the previous games. Now it's a mecha walker. Um, I think these are by far the worst levels, because they're not fun to go fast in. The gun... You hit B to shoot, but you also hold B to lock on targets and just have a homing attack. And it makes the most annoying noise while you do it. And it's just like, if you need to rapid fire the regular attack, which you almost never do, you have to like do it slowly as you're locking on between. But the real problem is that all the obstacles are super boring. There are either enemies that you just lock on to and shoot, or like things you have to hover over. But unlike the Sonic and Shadow levels, which have mechanics like the homing attack to require you to do inputs across things, you literally just jump and hold A and hope you jumped good enough and you don't nick the quicksand, which will instantly pull you down. It just feels really, really bad when you die on one yeah, of those Yeah, I levels. had like, my in my mind, the, the Tails and Eggman levels were better, but then when I got my hands on them when we're playing, I'm like, God, this sucks. They're also extremely linear, so there's, like, not really even... Like, if you're doing some exploration while 
going places levels. I feel like these were the spot to do them, and this is not the spot where they're done. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about them is they do give you some kind of good feedback for multiple lock-ons, which is gives you more points. The feedback for that is good, but that's about the only thing. Because so much of them are just jump, hope I don't, jumped right, and then... Well, yeah, I almost so kind of wanted them to be rail shooters, like Star Fox, for that reason. Well, and so much of it is holding down B and just spazzing the hell out when you walk into a room to try and lock on to everything. <laughs> yeah, just spin in circles as fast as possible. And listen to that high-pitched whine until everything goes away. It's like, just like, oh my god, no, I just can't... shut up. I can't make the noise, but the noise it makes is the noise you think a laser pointer makes in your head. That noise is what it actually makes. (laughs) So they did their job too good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I would say the enemy design in general in this game is bad, but you feel it by far the most in those. Because literally, like, at the very end, there are ones that have shields and you have to wait for them to put their shields down. But that doesn't feel good either because you're just waiting. The Sonic Shadow levels probably have the best enemy design because you get some with, like, force fields and you can't attack them when they're up and they go down slowly. But even there, most enemies mostly exist to be things for you to bounce off of to go through the level fast. I also had a few problems where, like, I'd hit a thing and then I wouldn't die. Or I'd hit a thing and then I'd go through it instead of bouncing up, so then i just break my, like, light chain as Sonic, so... I didn't have those problems, but I'm not sure that's not just because of muscle memory and knowing exactly when and where. Yeah, it seems to be fairly timing dependent. Like, once I figured out, like, when it wanted me to press the button and, like, which direction it wants me to hold while doing it, it happened less often, but, like, sometimes I just hit an enemy in one of those gaps you have to cross by hitting enemies, and instead of bouncing up, I just hit hit the enemy and then fall. Hmm, I never never had that happen. Neither did I, and I'm wondering if he did some sort of input thing or if there was a weird port issue, guys. I think I just got unlucky. It only happened like three times. There were definitely times, I would swear this doesn't happen in this game, but it happened to me while I was playing where I would just fall through the floor sometimes. And it was like, cool, Sega. (laughs) Oh, that also happened. I uh, just fell through the floor on a Knuckles level. I'm like, well, I guess I'm starting this one again. I never had either of those problems come up. So either I just got lucky on the bugs factor or you guys got unlucky. One thing I will say about this level to compliment it, though, is I actually really like the way levels are structured for the most part. I think level design is maybe this game's greatest strength. Especially the Sonic levels, I think, are pretty solid. Sonic slash Shadow levels. Yes, they're definitely the best. This game is very, very easy, which is one of the reasons why Omo Chao is the most annoying helper in any game ever, because his advice includes... Keep your health meter above zero. Yep, and I remember. I got that one, what? and Alex is like, "Thanks, flying robot." <laughs> and remember not to fall. You know, in case you've never heard of a video game, or like it's just like a new concept towards you. Like, I feel like try holding the controller with both hands. Also, I never. That's not a real talked one. to that thing at all. Well, you weren't missing anything. I hated its voice actor too oh, it's the worst. because I think it's supposed to sound like a robot, but they did nothing. To make it sound like a robot, so instead it's just a seven-year-old trying to sound like a robot and doing an inconsistent job of it. I hate it so much. It's the worst. I will admit that I think Jeremy is right, because even though I didn't actually play the the villain side, the shadow level on the Golden Gate Bridge, or it's not called the Golden Gate yeah. Bridge, it's- but I can still like picture that level in my head, and even before we played this, I could picture City Escape in my head. Like That is actually a really good level. And I kind of cut off my own point because I was saying that it's easy and that got me to Omuchow. But they do a thing where they rank you at the end of it on a letter grade system. And I think that's actually a really good way to get challenge in because getting an A rank in this game is actually very hard to the point where I don't think I could do it with the Steam port issues. Yeah, because it makes it so that anybody can clear the game, but it's much more difficult to 
clear it with the A with like to show off how good you are. Isn't it if you get all all of them at an A rank, you unlock like supersonic and super I, shadow? I, I will. You are slightly wrong. I will get to that in a minute. But there's some points along the way I want to hit to before that. So really quick, can we discuss why Knuckles is randomly in Pumpkin Land? Like I'm like playing this game, it's all like urban and stuff, and like there's some lost ruins, and all of a sudden I'm in spooky haunted pumpkin on Stick well, that, That's his second level, and his first one is on his flying island. So he's just out in the boonies. I just And like literally his next level is an is aquatic mine, and he's yeah. in the mine. And then he meets up with the game by coming out of a sewer manhole and be like, I must have got lost in those mines. Knuckles <laughs> is just out in BFE. I just like his levels seem like the most haphazardly well, selected ones. Tyler, he's Piccolo. He's <laughs> off in the middle of nowhere on his own, trying to be cool and brooding. Only Gohan hasn't been born in Sonic. Is, is Tails Gohan? I think so. <laughs> unfortunately. He's secretly the cooler character, but he has so much wasted potential. Yeah. They never write anything for him. Exactly, yes. In addition, every level has five missions on it. It's got the first one where you just go through. It's got one where you have to collect a hundred rings. One where you have to find a hidden chow. One where you have to beat it in a time limit or a stricter time limit on the ones that already have time limits, all of which are ridiculously forgiving. The ones that have them by default. But the second time limit is pretty hard. And then a hard mode, which depending on the level, usually it's like, what if this level was actually somewhat challenging? Now, if you've you know, gotten anywhere close to an A on the doing it normally, this will be fine. It's just like, what if we put some pits in it, though, that you could fall in? And <laughs> I don't some know, more like some more enemies. <laughs> So they could hit you conceivably. Also, hey, we haven't talked about Chows no, at oh, all. I'm saving the best for last, well, my that's friend. that's fair. You did mention it, though, so. But while the game encourages you to go fast because speed is the thing you get the most points for, it also kind of encourages some exploration because there are power-ups in this game, some of which are hidden for characters. Another credit to the level design, though, is most of them, you have to find them the first time through to pass an obstacle. But when you revisit that level to run it quickly, you don't have to get the power up again. So you just zoom right by it, which did create some gaps in my memories replaying this where I'm like, I know I get the air shoes and shadow here because I have to go through those rings, but I don't know where they are. Yeah, the first one where you get the hover thing for tails, I actually... You come up to it, and there's a fence on the one side and then a pit, so I just jumped into the Oh, pit. so that's where Omochao is, because it's like, have you found the hover upgrade? And so I died, and I'm like, well, I'm like, not supposed to go that way, so I I hate you, <laughs> game. I'm a little torn on it, because it reminds me of what we were talking about earlier with skill trees, and that there are few enough abilities in this, I don't think it would be bad if it started you with them all. On the other hand, seems like things like the light dash, where you can dash across a thing of rings by hitting B, is not exactly intuitive. So putting a like hard mark where you have to read that tutorial makes more sense. I do wish this game had more buttons, because it is sometimes very frustrating that Somersault and Light Dash, for example, are on the same button. Because sometimes you accidentally somersault when yeah. you went to light dash. It's yeah. never the other way around. <laughs> I so. found that occasionally I wanted, I was trying to light dash, but my timing was off either because of the steam porter, because I'm an idiot, I would believe either one. And so I would just break my high speed running by just rolling. Yeah. And it sucks. Especially because, like I said, the A ranks are very tight. So if you do that when you're trying to get an A rank, might as well restart. So if you get A ranks on every level, on every mission of every level, not just every level, Okay. And you get all the other um, emblems, which are for things like the kart racing minigame. This game has a kart racing minigame, in case you needed that. <laughs> and some of the chow stuff, which again, we are saving the best for last. You unlock a 3D version of Green Hill Zone Sonic 1-1. Oh, I remember this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 
It's very bad. I played it for the first time. Not because I did that. That's impossible. I wasted way too much of my life trying when I was 14. I downloaded somebody's save who had did that so I could play <laughs> Green Hill Zone for the first time. I'm not sure it was worth the two minutes it took to find where Steam stores the save games to copy <laughs> it in there. Because the textures are bad in a way that seems on purpose. They're like trying to make them blocky, but they didn't have just like grading the eye and looking bad. And the 3D they choose to do, it's interesting. I think it was probably very fun to design that level, but it's not very fun to play it. <laughs> okay. I, I could have sworn there was a way to get uh, Super Shadow and Supersonic for multiplayer, but I guess not. Maybe you also get them for multiplayer. I, that does sound reasonable to me. Um, there's no way to do it in single player, which is what I was thinking you were talking about. Since we never actually did that, I know my, I think my brother was trying at one point. I don't know if that's an urban legend or not. So how much money, I'm stealing this joke from a podcast that talks about this all the time. How much money do you think Sega would make if they just released a Chow phone app? Like all, all of yeah, it? Yeah, all of it forever. <laughs> yes. Like what is Sega doing? Not doing that? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think enough people know what Chows really are. But it's like Tamagotchi, okay. but like better. So if you don't know what Chows are, they're your pet babies. <laughs> in every level you remember how Eggman hides animals in his robots well Gun puts crayons to power their robots I do kind of like that detail that when you kill Eggman's enemies they drop animals but guns drop crayons uh, the animals are more valuable anyway and whenever you beat a level there's this awkward cut where you go to the chow garden well no you have if to you find found the, key. the key that's okay I was going to skip that part but you are right uh, if you found the key hidden in the level. And then you go hang out with your pet babies, and depending on the color of animals or um, crayons you give them, th it ups their stats. Uh, they don't eat the animals, they just absorb all the uh, animals' abilities, leaving them a lifeless husk, <laughs> unable to catch prey or eat anymore, uh, and absorb some of its traits. And then later, once you've raised them up, you can race your pet babies or have your pet babies fight. Karate was added in battle, so you do need to pay that extra $2.99. On the Steam version, if you uh, want Chow Karate. I, w I thought it was an unlockable based on number of emblems or something. Is that the only thing Battle does? Uh, there's also some multiplayer maps and characters it adds. Okay. But Chow Karate is the important thing. Uh, well, I should have picked it up. It's only $3 for yeah. the Battle expansion. Which, I I mean, I love the Chow stuff. I, that It was created to, like, if you were too baby to play this game, which I can scarcely imagine it was supposed to be there to motivate you to do something, the biggest problem with it is that like, I beat this game, but you have to spend an hour in the Chow world for a Chow to evolve to its second form, and they have three. And it's I in real time. Yeah. Right? And I didn't get anywhere close to that. And my best pet baby was able to beat all the first level courses after I beat the entire game, but couldn't get anywhere close on the second level. I beat which means a you have couple to... second level courses. Gotcha. But I... Which means you have to do a ton of grinding for these, which I liked as a kid a lot, and as a replayability factor... Is well, very especially cool. since you were supposed to play a bunch of the missions multiple times. So. Uh, the problem is that when you're going for speed... You're uh, not you, collecting all the cool animals to well, feed your that, babies. And you're usually skipping the key as well. Unless it's like just happens to be right in front of you on the level. Well, yeah. but at the same time, having the... Get the A rank as well as get... You know, go through and farm out all of the animals to get my chow better. Like, like those are two different motivations to yeah. replay levels, which can increase, in theory increase the replay replayability of the game. I think the reason I did a lot of chow farming way back when I was a teenager playing this game is because I was going for the challenge runs, I would f*** up in some way and be like, well, I guess I might as well collect some animals now. And, and same for me. And, like, I just find chows very cool, like, the way they evolve, the stats, like, the same thing that makes me like Pokemon, I think, makes me like chows a lot. And it, it's so weird to me that they didn't continue putting them in, in games after Sonic Adventure 2. I agree. Um, and, like I said, 
they would make so much money if they just put out a chow phone app, I think. Well, that's because Sega doesn't know what they're doing. That's yeah, true. They, they do what Nintendo don't, and that's go bankrupt because they don't <laughs> capitalize other good ideas. There's just a bin at Sega headquarters. That's all the good ideas. <laughs> There's just a drawer labeled good ideas, and they throw everything in there. Uh, no, it's actually a furnace labeled good ideas. It's amazing to me that it took them so long to create a Sonic game where you play as your own OC. What, that's a thing? Yeah, Sonic Forces. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's, although about it, half the game you play is Sonic anyway. Well, yeah, it, it was based on Adventure 2 in that there are three modes of games. Ones where you play as your OC, which everyone says are terrible. Sonic 3D levels that are based on, um, you know, kind of this gameplay, but not as good because it was never as good after this. And Sonic Classic, because now just old-ass Sonic is just a character in Sonic games who always shows up. So they have an excuse to do 2D Sonic levels in their games. <laughs> There now is a Sonic multiverse that includes the Sonic Boom universe, the main canon Sonic universe, and 2D Sonic, where, like, mania takes place. (laughs) (laughs) The Sonic canon is the wildest ride. (laughs) That doesn't even include the Archie canon, or the Archie Boom sub-canon. Wait, what? Or the new movie. (laughs) Or the new movie. Is the movie canon? Probably. It's Sonic. I think everything about Sonic is canon. I want rock connaissance to be canon. Uh, so in short, I like this game a lot. I don't know that I can recommend it to humans. <laughs> but but people who were growing up in the 2000s and remember it, you'll have some fun. It's only 10 bucks on Steam. It's a pretty good port. Yeah, I mean, the price was entirely passable. Um, and I think if I could find a way around the analog stick being a digital stick for some reason, um, I think it would be a lot more playable. You could play it on your keyboard. I could do that. Oh, thing, that sounds Zach. like that sounds like the <laughs> the path to madness. I'm pretty sure if you do that, you turn into Eggman. So <laughs> it took me a bit uh, to actually figure out how to get it to register my controller because when you launch it, you actually have to go in and select yeah. controller. Yep, that's not really a this game problem. That's a Zach's an idiot problem. That said, unlike every other launch thing like that, it's in different tabs. You can't remap it either. So I started playing the first level. Alex is like, oh man, I have so much nostalgia of watching my brother play this. I want to play this. I'm like, well, I will let my assignment for the podcast be let Alex play this game while I watch (laughs) um, because that sounded amusing to me. I could not for the life of me, even through Steam's like configure your controller settings thing, figure out how the hell to remap the controls in this game, I'm pretty sure it overrides whatever you put in. I didn't even think to remap them. Well, no. I didn't either. It's only because for Alex, like, everything she's ever played, the select button is on the right side of the button diamond, and the cancel button is on the bottom of the button diamond, and this does not work that way because I was using the 360 controller, um, and that that was a... classic PlayStation controls. Yeah. Or Japanese PlayStation controls. Either way, that was a game killer for her, so I ended up just playing it. But, like, man. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. This game is genius. This game is smart. <laughs> this game, this game is Emperor. <laughs> this game isn't terrible. Yeah, that's... I obviously don't have the same degree of nostalgia for it. Yeah. I do distinctly remember Amy Rose being broken in the races, though. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about... How... She's the worst in this game. Oh, my God. She's pretty bad, yeah. This is the game that made me hate Amy, so I had a lot of nostalgia for this game, and like, it's fine. Um, like, it was hard to play. The camera's not great, but it's fine. The soundtrack's really good, so 
It's got that going for it's it. It's not good, but it's good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so speaking of terrible cameras, we have a list of video games on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. Listing games we've played from best to worst, and camera is one of those things that we take into account, right? At the top is Chrono Trigger. It has a time travel camera. It's great. <laughs> At the bottom is City Connection. It's worse than the dash cam you have in your car. <laughs> and dead in the center is Kirby's Dreamland. Which has, you know. has like, Gordon Ramsay, I guess, because he's making food for Kirby? I don't know. He's got a Kodak. So I just typed Sonic on the fine thing on our list, and the thing that came up is Sonic CD. Interesting. It's hard to say, right? It Sonic is. CD doesn't have camera problems. No. Uh, but it certainly doesn't spark the level of joy, and it doesn't have chows. <laughs> I think I would have to say Sonic Adventure 2 is better than... Sonic, Sonic CD. CD. Yeah, so I was like, Sonic CD was actually pretty solid for a just random Sonic game that no one ever played. But... And it turns out that's our second highest uh, ranked Sonic game, and nearly 100 places higher is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Which was much better, so yeah, yeah that tracks. I... <laughs> I don't think this game is as good as Sonic 2. Me neither. I don't either. Okay. Let's well, see as anything... we have already established on this podcast, Sonic 2 was the fluke. So, no, see what it is is apparently the guys over at Sega sold their souls so that the only games they can make that are actually good in the Sonic universe are the games that end in 2. Oh, but all the Sonic games since Sonic Adventure 2 have done so poorly, they didn't get a 2. <laughs> exactly. Because look at the two best games, Sonic Adventure 2 and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Mmm. Conspiracy. Mm. That said Sonic Blast 2. Atuminati. There's a Sonic Blast 2? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, Damn, there goes my theory. Super Mario 64 is a very important 3D game, and it's not always as fun, it's not as fast, but I think on the whole it's better. I agree. Like, like the Sonic and Shadow levels in this game are better than Sonic than Mario 64, but... But that's only a third of the game. Yeah. So. I think it. I think they're just so much better than Mario 64. I think Sonic 2, is, or Sonic Adventure 2 is better. Now, if you locked me in a room and said you have to play one of these games to completion before I will let you out, I would definitely pick 64. Um, but uh, is that also two. because you used to speed run Mario 64 so you could get out quickly? I, I, I mean, I beat this game in six hours. Um, oh, okay, that's fair. That's It's not that much <laughs> of a time difference. I could definitely beat Mario 64 in under six hours right now, but it would be close to that, I think. It's been so long since I speed ran it. I think the level design in 64 is better as well. And just like concept wise, it's better. Yeah. And it doesn't have that awful camera. It's got more polish as well. I don't know why I'm still arguing when we're... <laughs> It's two to one so, already. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to convince yourself you're actually thinking that way. No, I I am. The problem is that as I go down, I'm like, that's not really comparable. That's not really comparable. That's not really comparable. Hey, that's can, not really comparable. You can compare anything to anything if well, you want. Yes, I, I have the power. You are correct. I just want it to be reasonable. And like, I'm like, uh, we could do KOTOR if I want it to go lower. Like, it, it's not as this game's probably not as good as KOTOR. Nah. But like that, that, that wasn't an interesting discussion, nor did nah. it help me, because now I just scroll down more. <laughs> so you just need to do binary search. You, you establish a lower bound and an upper bound. And That's what he usually binary. does. That's true. Why am I not? It's because my lower bound is so low. Okay. How do we think it compares to Sin and Punishment? Interesting. I think it's better than Sin and Punishment. Um, like yeah. I said, I they're, th they're both anime as hell, surprisingly. Oh, I didn't <laughs> talk about how when you beat one of the stories, you get a trailer for the next one. And the trailer for uh, the final story is the most Evangelion thing I've seen outside of <laughs> Evangelion. It's just a bunch of clips staccatoed with a bunch of words, like the ultimate life form, chaos control, 50 years ago, Baka no Shinji, absolute <laughs> terror field. <laughs> yeah, I, I would actually agree with Tyler. I think 
uh, this game is better than Sin and Punishment. Like I said, I think this game might have benefited from some rail shooter segments instead of whatever the hell the Tails Eggman levels were. So how do we think it compares to Mega Man 3, the bottom of the Mega Man block? I think it's better, honestly. Mega Man 3 is kind of where they started losing me. I All of the Mega Mans kind of blur together for me. There's also that. It's the exact same game engine, as far as I can tell. Uh, how do we think it compares to Mega Man X3, the top of the Mega Man block? All the Mega Mans kind of blur together for me. Probably not as good as X3. I don't think it's as good as X. Yeah, so. I th- well, X is way higher. X is oh, the best. Oh, okay. Well, you said top of the Mega Man block. You mean the literal yeah. block of Mega yep, Man? The one, two, three, four. <laughs> that we have in a row there. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, will go somewhere in the middle of Mega... This will break up Mega Man Country, maybe. There are some non-Mega Man games in the Mega Man block, including one I actually don't think it's as good as, which is River City Ransom. Oh, I really like River City Ransom. Honestly, I'd prefer to play this game, but I also don't really care for beat-em-ups like River City Ransom. Me neither, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I love the concept of River City Ransom, but I think at the end of the day, I'd prefer to play Sonic Adventure. Okay, so So you're saying above? Yep. All right. How do we think it compares to Mega Man 5? Um, is that the one with Pharaoh Man? Nope, that's Mega Man 4, which is God right damn it. All I don't even Mega- remember. What was in 5? I don't even remember. All the Mega Mans kind of blur together for me. <laughs> Like, I, I feel kind of bad using the same excuse every time, but it's the truth. I honestly cannot remember any of the Mega Man. Let's see some mans in Mega Man 5. Is this the one with Top Man, or is that also 4? Let's see, we've got Gravity Man, Wave Man, Stone Man, Gyro Man, Star Man, I remember him. I Charge Man, J- Napalm Man, and Crystal Man. <laughs> <laughs> Napalm Man! Uh, I remember Crystal Man. Um, I'm still probably going to have to give it to Sonic Adventure, actually. So that puts Sonic Adventure 2 at number 57, below Mega Man X3, and above Mega Man 5. <laughs> now it is part of the Mega Man block. <laughs> I came, I can remember. Sonic Adventure 2, my favorite Mega Man game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, actually, my favorite Mega Man game is canonically X, according yes. to the list, so... I mean, do you disagree with that? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, me too. I... Well, that's only because I haven't made you guys play Mega Man Zero yet, okay. and man, it's a Mega Man. So what are you going to make us play next week, Tyler? Okay, so I have a sliding scale from tactics to, I guess, our, our RPG role-playing... I, wa- I need you to pick a level somewhere on this sliding scale that I'm imagining in the air above us. FPS. You know, that actually helps. So, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty slash Substance, depending on which one you can get your hands on. Really? Yes, really. Okay, that's a choice. <laughs> Is that even available? It's on Xbox 360. Yep. I did some research and I had a hard time finding where this game was available, and the answer is it is. I believe and it's part of the it's part of the uh, collection. Yeah, the HD collection it's yeah. on, which is apparently backwards compatible on the Xbox One now, and also it was for the 360. So I have never played a Metal Gear Solid game that isn't Phantom Pain, which is just an open world game. This is, game is very different. You can see how you get from here to Phantom Pain, I think. This is actually my least favorite Metal Gear Solid game. So I think I've it's the most the... culturally prescient, though. Yeah. I also feel like mo- this is most people's favorite Metal Gear Solid, but I don't know. It's extremely favorably remembered. And Five's I've never the only one it. I've ever played, so um, it'll be interesting. So, next time on Last Time, I Need Scissors 61.